Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we spin, vibrate and pour weird and wonderful science over your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, we go back down the rabbit hole of Dr. Pais's weird futuristic inventions. But first up, science frontiers and Martian visitors. Frontiers of Science. On the 12th of March 2021, the Australian Institute of Physics and the Teachers Guild of New South Wales will hold a Frontiers of Science forum. There'll be an introductory talk by Australia's Chief Scientist, Cathy Foley. Professor Judith Dawes will talk about a new way of sensing molecules in the body using nanoparticles and lasers. Dr. Daniel Mansfield will talk about discoveries of surprisingly advanced ancient Babylonian mathematics. Professor Antoine van Ooyden will talk about the molecular machines of life. Dr. Marcus Mulner will talk about how to make polymers with the properties we want and the amazing technologies we can build with them. I will be hosting the question and answer session after the talks. The Frontiers of Science Forum will be held at the Concord Golf Club on the 12th of March, 2021, and will be recorded for streaming after the event. If you have any questions for the speakers before the event, send them to science at diffusionradio.com, and I may select some to ask the panel on the night. Mars approached by three spacecraft. The Hope Orbiter, launched by the United Arab Emirates, arrived and went into orbit around Mars on Tuesday 9th of February, with a mission to provide new insights into the Martian atmosphere and weather. China's Tianwen-1 mission arrived at Mars the very next day, on Wednesday 10th of February. Tianwen-1 is expected to go into a highly elliptical orbit, an elongated oval-shaped orbit rather than a circular one, changing its orbit over time, reducing its furthest distance from Mars during separate observation and science orbit phases. If all goes well, Tianwen-1 will attempt to land a rover in May 2021. NASA's Mars rover Perseverance is scheduled to perform a landing on Mars next week on Thursday 18th of February 2021, where it will release a little autonomous helicopter. Perseverance carries an instrument called MOXIE, short for Mars Oxygen ISRU Experiment, which will generate oxygen from the thin carbon dioxide-dominated Martian atmosphere. This technology scaled up might someday help humanity settle on Mars, according to the mission team members. And of course, ISRU stands for In-Situ Resource Utilisation, so MOXIE should probably be Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Utilisation Experiment.
You're listening to Ian Wolfe on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Space disruptor weapons? Intergalactic drives? Anti-gravity? New documents show that Dr. Cesar Salvador Pais has been testing his weird futuristic technologies. Back in March 2019, I reported on the strange US Navy patterns of aerospace engineer Dr. Salvatore Pais for faster-than-light space propulsion, vacuum energy power generation, and gravity wave generators. There have been new developments in his story. For that report, I did my best to translate the patent documents online into plain English. For this update, I'm indebted to the excellent work of journalist Brett Tingley writing for TheDrive.com in uncovering the story behind the patents. I'll link to all of Brett Tingley's articles about the Pais effect on DiffusionRadio.com. All of the inventions were based on the Pais effect. Dr. Pais says, The Pais effect comprises the generation of extremely high electromagnetic energy fluxes, and hence high local energy densities generated by controlled motion of electrically charged matter from solid to plasma states, subjected to accelerated vibration and or accelerated spin via rapid acceleration transients. You shakes them as you spins them as you charges them. Dr. Pace's gravity field generator patent mentioned a sinister military application. The weapon would work by projecting tiny point-sized gravity sources acting like remote-controlled little black holes onto the enemy. The patents are claimed to be operable by the US Navy, which legally means they've been built and work. Normally, the American Patent Office rejects anything as weird as these devices. However, U.S. Naval Aviation Enterprises Chief Technology Officer Dr. James Shi insisted that the Navy needs the patents because the Chinese military was already advanced in this technology. So the U.S. Patent Office granted most of the patents, while one of them is still being disputed. Ironically, the patent they rejected as being outside of possible science is the most plausible, a room-temperature superconductor. Superconductors can conduct electricity without any resistance, so you can transport electricity over huge distances without any loss. They can also be used to make very powerful magnets. The superconductors used in medical scanners, high-speed levitating trains and experimental nuclear fusion reactors all rely on being cooled with liquid nitrogen or liquid helium, which make them very expensive to run, and limits how they can be used. A room temperature superconductor would take the brakes off all of those applications and create many more. Dr. Pais also patented an inertialess anti-gravity aircraft that's also a submarine. Inertia means it takes energy to start something moving, energy to make it go faster, energy to make it go slower, and energy to make it stop moving. If you can bypass inertia, then you can do things that would normally be impossible because they would just cost too much energy. The flying submarine that can move without inertia could run rings around merely aerodynamic aircraft because the inertialess craft 
could move without worrying about air friction or gravity. The craft would move like a movie special effect. Dr. Pace also presented a paper about his flying submarine titled Room Temperature Superconducting System for Use on a Hybrid Aerospace Undersea Craft at the 2019 American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics SciTech Forum. There was no experimental data in the paper. The inertialist flying anti-gravity submarine comes straight out of a novel called The Dalit Effect by Harry Harrison, published in 1970. In the novel, Danish researchers discover a remarkably similar effect to Pais and incorporate it into a secret flying submarine. The plot involves espionage shenanigans about keeping the secret and what Denmark could do with an inertialist craft. The novel is very dated, but worth reading. Did Harry Harrison predict future technology, or did someone steal his story for their disinformation campaign? In 2019, the US Navy felt the need to formally introduce rules for reporting unidentified flying objects and unidentified submerged objects, USOs. Joseph Gradisher, spokesman for the Office of the Deputy Chief of Naval Operations for Information Warfare, told the Washington Post unidentified aircraft have entered military-designated airspace as often as multiple times per month. In 2020, the US military officially released videos of pilots in 2004 and 2015 observing unidentified craft in the sky and water moving as if gravity and inertia didn't matter. That's right, unidentified submarine objects, as well as unidentified flying objects, that look and move like Pais's flying submersible. Official reports were released of the Tic Tac incident in 2004 of strangely moving unidentified aircraft in and around where the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group was operating. The Nimitz Carrier Strike Group were testing new advanced technologies for very precise imaging and targeting of enemy aircraft. They were delighted at the opportunity to use them. And this clip comes with a language warning. Man, there's a fucking drone, bro. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, I think, dude. That's not an LNS, though, is it? It's not. That is an LNS, dude. Well, if there's like... Look at that thing. It's rotating. Target? No, I took an auto track. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, dude. Wow, look at that. If something on the screen moves like a special effect, is it in fact a special effect illusion and not a video of inertialist craft using weird technology? The military stated in their release that they believe these are not aliens. Air Force pilots report that they could see the craft with their own eyes, as well as have their targeting systems and video cameras lock onto them. Optical and radar record the object's existence and strange movement. 
Brett Tingley of the Warzone column of The Drive magazine suggests that the patents could be a form of information warfare, misleading foreign nations about what the secret military researchers are really working on. Whatever that might be. He points out that if the Navy had wanted these patents to remain classified, it could have filed the patent under the Invention Secrecy Act of 1951, which allows patents to remain classified if they might pose a possible threat to national security. Instead, all of Dr. Pais's patents are currently fully available to the public. Brett Tingley also points to the formation of the US Space Force and some of their weird public statements about fighting in other galaxies. It is my honor, on behalf of the President of the United States, to announce that henceforth, the men and women of the United States Space Force will be known as Guardians. Dr. Pace has been busy. He's also patented a design for a compact portable fusion reactor. We've had portable fission reactors fuel with uranium and plutonium for decades. They've been used in nuclear submarines. However, thus far we can't get fusion reactors to generate more energy than they consume in transmitting their hydrogen and lithium fuel into helium or boron. They've not been compact devices. In December 2020, journalist Brett Tingley obtained internal emails from Naval Air Systems Command about Dr. Pais's experiments and email exchange with Dr. Pais himself. The emails show that Dr. Pais's inventions underwent technical and marketing reviews sometime in late 2015, after which Pais defended his inventions in front of the Naval Air Warfare Centre Aircraft Division Invention Evaluation Board throughout 2016 and 2017 before starting to submit the patents to the US Patent Office. In 2017, Dr. Shi, the Chief Technical Officer for the Naval Aviation Enterprise, wrote to the US Patent Office to declare that Dr. Pais was currently funded by Naval Air Warfare Centre Aircraft Division to design a test article and instrumentation to demonstrate the experimental feasibility of achieving high electromagnetic field energy and flux values. Dr. Shi added that Dr. Pace was at the time one year into the project and had already begun a series of experiments to design and demonstrate advanced high energy density, high power propulsion systems. Hi, I'm Dave the Happy Singer and you're listening to Diffusion Science Radio. New 2021 Freedom of Information releases, which are all related to a Naval Innovative Science and Engineering Basic and Applied Research Program under the project name the High Energy Electromagnetic Field Generator, contains hundreds of pages containing detailed technical drawings, photographs and data related to actual tests from October 2016 to September 2019, costing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Brett Tingley has put some of the PDF documents on thedrive.com. There's something weird about these three years of tests by the US Naval Air Warfare Centre Aircraft Division of the Pace Effect. None of the tests are conclusive. They never did the final test that would confirm or deny the reality of the Pace Effect. In building the high-energy electromagnetic field generator, they got as far as spinning a capacitor at 100,000 rotations per minute 
and the investigators reported that technicians felt a strange sensation on their skin as they approached the test rig from several metres away. The investigators note in their results that there are explanations other than the pace effect for these strange sensations on their skin, but they don't say what they are. To properly test the pays effect, they would have needed to apply vibration as well as spin. But they stopped before that step and closed it all down. The notes do say that investigators note that the principal investigator also desired vibratory excitation of the charged test disc. But the tested configuration does not have a method for providing spindle vibration. Dr. Payes, in all his writings, has always said that the coupling of accelerated spin and accelerated vibration are key components of his Payes effect. So it's hard to explain why the investigators chose not to build a rig that incorporated vibration and then just gave up. Another document is a slide where the claim is made that the plasma compression fusion device that would lead to portable fusion generators can also lead to the development of a space-time modification weapon, which it says is a weapon that can make the hydrogen bomb seem like a firecracker in comparison. The slide ends with a claim that not only can Navy ships be powered in the future by nuclear fusion generators, but that the technology will lead to intergalactic space drives. Air Force Lieutenant General Vera Lynn Jameson spoke directly about other galaxies when talking about the need for a space force in a 2018 interview with Stephen Trimble from Flight Global. Lieutenant General Jameson said, I am convinced that there are more domains, man-made domains, that will come, and I would offer you that if we look at galaxies, sounds nuts, but there's going to be a man-made domain in galaxies. Stephen Trimble asked, I don't know what you mean galaxies? Lieutenant General Jameson said space has got different galaxies and in those galaxies in the future we're going to actually have capability that we have right now in the air. We don't know what it is because we haven't freed our mind to think about what is that space and how we're going to utilize it. Space is contested, it's going to happen. The nearest galaxy to our own, the Andromeda galaxy, is two and a half million light years away. For comparison, the Sun is around 8 light minutes away from Earth, and Mars, which it's really hard to get to, is around 3 light minutes away. Intergalactic travel is a really big claim. The Navy wrote to Brett Tingley and told him that Dr. Pais had moved out of the Naval Air Warfare Center Aircraft Division into the Navy's Strategic Systems Programs Organization in June 2019 which is, of course, before the tests were completed. This means that the tests on the Pais effect continued until September 2019, and Navy investigators chose to end the tests without any conclusive evidence, for or against, and without Dr Pais. The Navy's Strategic Systems Programs Organization is for operational support of America's Trident submarine-launched ballistic missiles and nuclear-powered ballistic missile submarines. In January 2021, Dr. Pease was moved again, now into the U.S. Air Force. Dr. Pease's room-temperature superconductor pattern was rejected and is still undergoing an appeal, as last I've read. It was rejected for the lack of experimental proof and as being against the scientific consensus for what was possible. 
In October 2020, as I reported on Diffusion, room temperature superconductivity was reported in the journal Nature using very high pressures. It's now definitely within the scientific consensus of what is possible. Other researchers are showing that compact nuclear fusion is also within the realms of current scientific possibility. In November 2020, researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and its spin-off company Commonwealth Fusion Systems published seven articles in a special edition of the Journal of Plasma Physics, detailing a revolutionary new compact high-temperature superconducting magnet fusion reactor design. MIT claims that the reactor, known as SPARC, could very well be the first net energy controlled fusion experiment in the world. More energy coming out than going in. The US military have apparently been pouring money into anti-gravity research for 70 years with no obvious success. Maybe it's just a big gamble with public money? The Navy has patented all these weird devices of Dr. Pais in public rather than in secret. The most mundane patent for room temperature superconductors is being contested by the US Patent Office for being too hard to believe, while the anti-gravity and inertia-reducing patents sailed through. The US Navy apparently worked towards testing the Pays effect, but moved Dr. Pays out of the Navy and then wound down the research a few months later without performing the ultimate conclusive test. We don't know what role Dr. Pays has in the Air Force. The US Air Force last year released videos of UFO sightings from 2004 and 2015 that look and act like the craft described in Dr. Pace's flying submersible patent. But they also sound exactly like the craft described in Harry Harrison's 1970 novel The Dalit Effect. Was the Pace effect a breakthrough mismanaged by the military, or a misinformation campaign to confuse us about something else? Time when man began to control his environment, he has been plagued by his limited ability to speculate. His failure to accurately predict the effect in the contraposed action. This is the result of his not being able to consider and relate all the factors in a problem. Evidence of this inability can be seen in the persistence of a certain kind of myth involving three wishes. In a frantic effort to reap immediate reward, the first wish is often not too wise. The second usually tends to overcorrect. Our hero can consider himself lucky if after the last wish, he ends up just where he started. But there were men whose wishes were not only prudent, but had a habit of coming true. These men and women were artists and had certain characteristics in common. They were seldom bored with anything. They were constantly building up stores of information in active memory banks.
when confronted with a specific need, they would call on these memory banks for information, which they would run through, sort out, and relate to the problem at hand. These men could speculate and could predict. They were artists, artists in many fields, architecture, mechanics, medicine, science, politics, and the art of relating factors. It is often not a conscious art, and the degree to which it is operative can tend to make one normal, bright, super bright, or genius. And that's all from us on Diffusion. Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker, or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions, and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please like the Diffusion Science Radio page on Facebook and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolfe. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including... Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8 C in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2 NVR in Nambucca Valley, 3 MBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7 LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and 2 XFM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in northeast Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on the National Science Foundation's Science360 internet radio station and also on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com and check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed this show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com where the shows are labelled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Make a donation through paypal.me slash ianwolf or join my patrons at patreon.com slash diffusionradio. I'm Ian Wolf. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the Earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick, everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography. Collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.